it's a big day for you tomorrow. Tomorrow is the day that you have this big interview that you've always prepared for. You went to school for this position, you trained for this position, you stayed up long nights drinking your coffee or your energy drinks just to finish the assignments and learn everything in this book to pass this test to qualify and now the big day is tomorrow you can't sleep you're filled with anxiety you you keep moving around you from all the energy drinks you just feel your feet twitching your hands twitching your eyes are jumping and 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 you can't sleep you've already prepared your clothing that you're going to wear you have it laid out or hung up and you're just up that's the anxiety of the anxiety of not knowing what to face you prepared yourself for it you you're you're ready you're excited I am Marlon Tree Knight, and I want to welcome you to another episode with me. For those who are just tuning in, I like to talk about real life experiences, and I like to encourage you. So, how many of you can relate to that feeling? It may be a new job that you wanted and you you look forward to getting that job and you don't know how you're going to present yourself, but you want to do your best. You want to perform your best. You're going to go in front of a crowd, a, a panel, or whatever you have to do tomorrow, you're ready for it. But part of you is in doubt because you don't want to slip up. You don't want to make mistakes. You don't want to say the wrong things. You don't want to do the wrong things. You want to do everything on point. That's that feeling that we have. You know you work hard for it. You know that you have all the qualities. You you know you have all the experience. You studied this thing. You know it. But are you ready? Many times we sit back and we doubt ourselves when it's time to get to the next level in our lives. I was motivated to speak on this tonight when I went to the gym late night and I noticed even at night, it was a lot of cars, a lot of vehicles out in the parking lot. And then when I got in the gym, I'm looking at the gym and there's so many people that are there at night. And when you see it on the surface, it's like, Well, maybe people have different hours of working, which partly true. Some people just don't like the crowds, which is true. And then I started thinking deeper about it. And I started looking at the people that were working out and while I was working out. And I just started thinking and thinking. I'm like, you know what? A lot of these people are preparing themselves for the big show. They're preparing themselves for that opportunity to show off what they've worked on. See, just like preparing for an interview or preparing for a test in school or preparing for 
the driving exam, whatever it may be, is something that you're preparing for when nobody else sees you, that when they see you perform, they know you put in work. You know, I, I, I went in the gym and I, I, I go to the exercises that my trainer, you know, was, was telling me to do, you know, and Big Floyd, to send a shout out to my man Floyd. And so it was like you work on the lightweights because you want to cut down on your weight and tone. You know, you got these different things you do when you work out because you're working out on your physical body. And by working out on your physical body, it helps your mind. It helps your spirit. It helps everything within you because you have to work inside out and you have to get that motivation and that drive. And as I was in there working out and I saw everybody doing their thing, they were preparing for the big stage. See, a lot of times when you go to the gym in the daytime, those are peak hours, everyone's there. You have a lot of the bodybuilders coming in. You have a lot of the people that are regular. They're, they're in their uh, sports apparel, matching head to toe. Some people in there doing the running on the treadmill, the ellipticals, riding the bikes, the machines lifting, and they're on point. And many times we are intimidated because we feel like we have to live up to expectations of other people. So we want to work on things. We, we don't want to be in that that, that that part where we're in front of them, similar to an interview, similar to that performance. You don't want to just go there and not be ready. You don't want to go to a machine in the gym and not know how it works. You don't want to sit there and act like you don't know until somebody comes along and shows you something simple that you feel you should have known. And a lot of times people feel that embarrassment. So you want to study a job. So when they ask you about this particular part of this job, you want to know this job. You want to be familiar with this particular tool. You want to know what your that lingo, that language that they talk about. You don't want to feel foreign. So we prepare. We prepare when no one's looking. That's what I want to talk about. Preparing behind the scenes. Preparing when no one's looking. Practicing what you're going to have to, you're going to have to do or use in the front of everyone. Can you imagine if artists who perform songs just get up and perform without practicing? Can you imagine how that show would be? Can you imagine athletes who they never go to workouts during the off season. They never stretch. They never train weightlifting and they just go out and perform. Do you can you real can you imagine how that looks? How that would look? Can you imagine how speakers would look? Public speakers when it's time for them to get up in front of a crowd of hundreds or thousands or even millions depending on the venue or depending on the the way it was advertised and they don't even have content. They're all over the place. They'll just be like, they'll just be rambling. That's how I feel about when you go in the gym, you're practicing teams that 
practice. You, you practice. You study to get yourself better. On the spiritual aspect, imagine going into a ministry and someone calls you out to pray. How would you feel? First of all, they call on you. You're going to look around to see if they're call, if they're talking to you, first of all. But then you're like, oh, you're calling me. And now you're thinking to yourself, no, thank you. I don't want to pray. And how is that going to make you look? Or you try to make up some things and you start trying to think, how can I pray if I never practice on praying? I never, I, I, I never get into this praying thing. I never, I, I'm not a spiritual person. I, I, I really don't know. So you go into uncharted land, uncharted waters. You you have no clue of what you have to do. And now you're embarrassed and you feel like people put you on the spot, which they did. However, they feel though you're in this area, this arena, you're familiar with what we have going on. The gym, the basketball court, the football field, the tennis court. The arena and the ministry, the pastors, the pulpit, the creativity, the artistry, the bars, wherever you go, a lot of times people expect you to be familiar with the the environment, the climate, the culture. But what if you're not? Are you preparing? Are you preparing yourself to be able to adapt? Are you preparing yourself to be able to maneuver, be able to stand in these environments? Are you practicing behind the scenes? Are you getting yourself conditioned for what's there? Or are you just showing up? In life, we have to be prepared. Think about when you go to work tomorrow. Are you prepared for this new day? Or do you just show up and then whatever happens, happens? Are you prepared for what for, for whatever type of customers you want to deal with? Are you prepared for uh, the population and the public? Whatever kind of field you're in? Are you in a public service, human service field? hospital where you don't know what kind of patients you're going to face if they're coming in in pain if they're irate they haven't taken their medications if they're mentally ill if they're frustrated if they're bitter are you ready to take on that are you prepared mentally are you physically prepared to handle this labor job that you have did you stretch Did you take the the right relaxing muscle relaxers the night before? Did you drink enough fluid? Because you know you're going to work in extreme heat. Are you prepared? Are you prepared? In my life, I've learned to be prepared for the known and the unknown. I learned this as the word contingency, having a contingency plan, a backup plan. 
If something doesn't go right, I have a backup plan. I have a contingency plan. I have some, I can do something different because I see that what's going on is not working. So I have to be ready for whatever happens. What if I go in this gym and I don't know what to do? Am I prepared? Do I know what to look forward to? Am I going in acting like I know everything? Or am I humble and say, hey, this is my first time here and I'm new to this? We're so concerned about what people say or think about us that we hide the fact that we're new to something. If you don't know something, what's wrong with saying you don't know? If you're new to something, what's, say, what's, what's wrong with saying I'm new to this? It's something that we have to look into. And by looking at ourselves, we realize that, hey, I need to work on this. I have to look at this. I have to work on this. I have to study this. When it's time to take a driving test, these young people are studying. You know why? Because they really want to drive. They really want the freedom of driving. It seems so fun to get inside a vehicle and keep driving. That's what they want. What do you want? Are you studying for what you want? I'll be back after this break. Welcome back, everybody. Welcome back. I ended the first portion before my break on what do you want? And I'm talking about practicing behind the scenes and preparing yourself for a new day or the unseen. I mentioned the definition of the word contingency. And I talked about it being a backup. When I look this word up, because I, I like to look words up and I like to you know, compare it to my everyday life and hopefully by the way I, I, I explain it, it'll make sense to you. So the word contingency states, and this was the definition from Oxford languages and the Google uh, definitions. It said a future event or circumstances, which is possible but cannot be predicted with certainty. And so I'm going to read it again. It said a future event or circumstance, which is possible, but cannot be predicted with certainty. It's like you can't put 100% on it saying this can happen. So I went to an example. An example. And it said a contingent event or condition such as a, an event, such as an emergency, 
that may but is not certain to occur, trying to provide for every contingency. Something liable to happen as a a junk or a result of something else happening. They have they have a lot of definitions, but as I see them, I I I, I think about when I first really started using this word. And I recall when I attended uh, the local uh, college, it was Savannah Technical College. And I remember at the time I had a presentation due. And I believe it was like two days left. Like you would always do your presentation before school ended. So it's kind of like everything was geared toward the last week of school. And I remember I chose, for example, let's say class ended. It was different days in school. But for the sake of this podcast, I'll just say, let's just say, for example, class was Thursday and Friday. So you had to sign up and say which day you were going to use, you know, do your presentation. And this particular day, I chose Thursday. And I remember I was new to working on computers and learning about uh, the disk and the, the USB drive or the jump drive or the flash drive. I wasn't really familiar with how to save things at that time because I wasn't using computers on a regular. So I remember having, I believe it was a disk. And I remember when it was my turn to present my presentation, I got up in front of class, the class and I, I placed a disk inside of you know, the computer and it it never showed up and I was prepared. I mean, I had the PowerPoint ready. I had my notes ready. I was dressed, ready to perform in front of the class and it didn't work. And I was embarrassed because I had no idea what I was going to do. You know, the definition said a future event, a circumstance which is possible, but cannot be predicted with certainty. It also says something liable to happen as a adjunct or, or to a result of something else. It says like contingencies of war, like you, you, anything can happen. Like, what am I going to do? I'm in front of this class. I, I, I'm embarrassed. I'm standing here looking crazy, looking like what's going to happen? Is she going to fail me? And then my teacher looked at me and said, you can do it another day. You always have a contingency plan. I didn't use this word all the time. It's like have a backup. I was stuck. I was relieved that she gave me the opportunity to come back, but I was stuck. So what that did for me, for me at that moment, for the rest of my life, it changed the way I prepare for things. Sometimes I would over prepare. So when it's time to do a presentation, if, if well, things change now, but I would have more than one 
Uh, if I had a disc, I have more than one disc. I have more than one flash drive. I'll have the hard copies. I have things to pass out. Because the fear of not being prepared, the fear of not having a contingency plan, the fear of how things are going to look in front of people would always cross my mind. I would always be prepared. So always prepare yourself, even for things that are unseen. Because we don't know what could happen. Another situation I had was preparing for speaking in front of, uh, in front of public. Uh, public was public speaking. You know, as you do this and you, you have practice doing it, you know, you get comfortable with it. But a lot of people are terrified by it. And so as I sit here and I, and I reflect on these things to share, hoping it can help you all as well as myself. I remember I was attending uh, the University of Georgia Carl Vinson Institute, and it was a, a management training course that, you know, uh, I took while I was employed in a different department for my for my job. And so in this particular class, they choose with well, this particular program, they choose they choose, you know, future leaders, future managers, things of that nature. You know, you get nominated or things like that, or you can kind of, you know, request to be in a program. So I was in the program. And at the particular time, you know, I was um, I was working as a courier in the print shop or the mailroom. So a lot of people look down on that department. They looked at it as, as you know, you don't have to have education. Uh, you can just be slow or ignorant. And, and, and that's the way they thought, because the, the, I found out as I started working that the people who basically started it, they've been there a long time. And I had the pleasure of working with. Uh, well, it was two gentlemen, but it was one lady and two are deceased, one who just recently retired, been there over 40 plus years. Well, when I worked with them. The history that they gave me about the job enlightened me on where where and how far we've come as a people in positions like that. But it also showed me how relationships were established back then in comparison to now with this millennial age of electronics and you know non-social interpersonal relationships. So it was more of you know, hands-on communicating with people, you can, have, you know, be straight out of high school, get a job. And some probably, some probably didn't have as much education. But when I sat back and, and, and I looked at the history and I saw everything that I had, it gave me the drive to when I was in this class of how I will conduct myself. So to get back to the class, not to get off the, get off subject, I was in the class, and so you had I was in class with sheriff deputies. I was in class with people who were already managers or, or office personnel. So when I would get in these classes, I felt like I didn't belong. Like I knew I can handle myself and carry my weight with these individuals, but it was like I just felt I didn't belong. 
And it's like going to the gym and you just starting off and you're in there with people who've been lifting weight for 10 or 20 years or even a little bit longer than you. And they're in there and you can see that their bodies are defined. They have muscles, they have routines, they have regimen, you know, all these things. So you can be intimidated by this. When you see people speaking and they're great at what they do or preaching or running or whatever they may do, if they've been doing it for quite some time, you can see that they have an advantage that they're good at what they're doing and it's intimidating. However, when I got in this class and the class was being held at the, the, the jail, at the Chatham County Jail, we were in there. So anyway, to speed up to what I'm saying about the contingency plot, ever since I was young, I would always practice like I was speaking in front of millions, thousands and millions of people, hundreds, thousands, millions of people. And you say, well, how did you do that? I would always get in the mirror and when I would get in the mirror, I would always act like I'm being interviewed. And to this day, I still do the same thing. And I believe my mother asked me or different people asked me, why do you do that? I said, because my name is Marlon Knight and the world is going to know me. So when the camera's put in my face, I want to be ready. I don't want to be you know, baffling, uh, uh, fumbling my words. I want to be able to handle myself because I not only represent myself, I represent you, I represent my family, meaning I represent my parents, I represent family, I represent people that know me. So I always want to carry myself in a manner that was respected. So anyway, by me practicing like this, it came to the day that we were graduating. And... It was a program laid out where the, 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 the guy now, Mayor, Mayor Johnson, Van Johnson, who is the mayor now, he was working, you know, he was one of the uh, employees of the Human Resource Department, and he was like, uh, I, I forgot exactly the title, but he was the person, if you had issues with employees, he you would contact him first, you know, kind of like uh, to be the buffer of issues. So anyway... He was the speaker. He was scheduled to be the speaker. I remember this. And I was and I was sitting there ready to get my award, you know, once he finished speaking. And I remember the instructor, Ms. Jackie Booker. I remember this like it was yesterday. It's like Mr. Johnson went up and then all of a sudden she whispered something. They communicated and then they said it's going to be a change of plans. And then they said, we're going to call our star student or I'm going to call the star student of the class up and have him speak. And then they call my name, Mr. Marlon Knight. And everybody turned around, start clapping and like, yeah, they want you to speak. Now I'm sitting here like, man, what in the world is happening? I never practiced for a speech. I don't know what I'm going to say. What am I going to do? And at this particular point, you had the the former sheriff of the Chatham County Jail, you had department heads, you had you had like big people in this place. And I'm like, man, what am I gonna do? While I was in motion walking up front while they're clapping. So you have the contingency plan in your mind. You're ready for this impromptu speaking before i get to that i want to go over this and it, and it says uh contingency plans and the three benefits are 
contingency of work. When, when something happens, if you have a contingency plan, work doesn't have to stop. It can keep moving. You know, it, it can keep moving. It, it can keep staying on track. It prevents people from losing their minds and panicking. So when, when things slow up, people won't go crazy because sometimes we'll just lose out, lose everything because like, oh my goodness, how, what are we going to do? But when you have a contingency plan or backup plan, if this shuts off, we have a backup plan. And, and if this happens, we're going to do this. You have plan A, B, and C. You have a backup plan. A friend of mine, when we were rapping, when I was in a rap group, uh, Miss Anderson, uh, she, she would always say, have a plan A, a plan B, a plan C, or whatnot. Meaning that you can't put all your eggs in a basket. You can't put everything in this one thing thinking it's going to work out. But what if it doesn't work out? So not saying you give up on what you start and you always have a backup plan. So to go back to that day of graduation is when I got up there and I looked at the crowd, I began to speak. I began to be myself because it was just like me being in the mirror. I was prepared to speak. And a lot of people never heard me at that particular time in my life speak. So I was ready. So I was able to continue the program. <clears throat> Excuse me. I was able to continue the program. I, I, I wasn't panicking. I didn't go up there studying. I was being humorous. I was talking about, you know, my works and what I learned from the class. And then I started issuing out the certificate. So everyone who received the certificate that day, I was the one that called out their names on their certificates. I became the person who was in charge of this. I became the speaker. I became the person, you know, I, my role went from being the guy who works in the mail room, the courier, the guy on the bottom tier. I became the one who was the one. I became the individual that was shining that day. But I never knew that. So what if I wasn't prepared to speak? Even if you're in a position where you're sweeping the floors or mopping the floors or you're doing the lowest job where you are and people come in wearing suits and ties and speaking what I call SAT words because they're speaking over your head. Never stop putting knowledge in your head. Never stop learning. Never settle for where you are because you never know when your time may come. You never know when an opportunity may present yourself when you're in a big meeting and they need you to do something. If you never prepare yourself for how to be professional or speak professional or greet people, you'll be looked at as a person who is not worthy by not only yourself, but those around you because you never prepared yourself. You never practiced. You... You always have to prepare for uncertainty. That's why when you hear about things about, do you have life insurance? Do you have car insurance? Do you put money up? Things like that for a rainy day. Well, what is a rainy day? A rainy day doesn't always have to be something negative to happen. A rainy day can be something, well, what I mean, not when something happens, because a, a contingency plan happens when something happens. What I'm saying is, it doesn't have to be that severe. You know, it's just like driving in, driving in your vehicle and you're low on gas because you said 
You're going to wait till tomorrow to get gas from the gas station that's a couple of blocks down. Well, what happens when you wake up and when you want to go to the gas station a couple of blocks down, they're doing pave, they're paving the road. So now you have to take a, a different route to get to the gas station. But do you have enough gas in it to make it? And I like to break things down so they are simple. So when you look at it, you will think, hey, I never thought about that. Don't wait and keep putting things off because you feel like you have the time to do it. Work on it now. Practice now. If you're going outside to practice and you know you have time to practice, but you say, I'll just go tomorrow. What makes you think it's not going to rain outside? What makes you think the gym is going to be open? What makes you think you're going to be in a position to do what you want to do tomorrow that you can do today? Stop putting things off. Stop creating panic for yourself. Place yourself in a position where the work can continue to go on whatever takes place. The future is always unpredictable because we're not even there yet. We're living in the present, which even when I just spoke just now, it's now the past. So we have to continue to move. We have to continue to just keep our eyes on what we want to perfect ourselves on and get ourselves better with. We have to continue to practice when there is no one looking. Prepare ourselves for the next level. Prepare ourselves for the big dance. Prepare ourselves for what we need to do. Never settle for less. Never sell yourself short. When I was in that gym tonight, I thought back 20 years ago when I would go to the gym maybe twice a day or run around the park and walk around the park and do push-ups and pull-ups because I was younger. I didn't have uh, a lot of things going on in my life that I do have, that I have now because I'm a, I'm a father now, I'm a man now, I'm mature now, I have adult responsibilities. So at that particular point, I could be in the gym. I was that young dude walking around with the tank top on or the white beat or whatever they call it now with the arms and the muscles. Because at that point, you know, you can flex your muscles. You can flex your abs. You can flex your calves and your quad muscles. But then as you start working, you get off late and the gyms are closed and you got to eat what's there in the home because you're hungry or you're rushing because you're with these guys on this crew and you got to get this work done. So you're eating this fast food and you're just you're not thinking about the calories. And then as time goes on, it starts to catch up with you. And now you you got this gut and you're out of shape and now you're winded and now you're tired. And that's called life. But you don't have to settle for it. We don't have to settle for that. So practice how you would deal with this situation if it happens to you. If your hours change, how are you going to still take care of your body? If they call you to carry on that job to be the next person in line, are you prepared for it? Or will you be overlooked because you're not prepared? 
Are you going to sit back and say, well, nobody never told me to train for it. Learn everything you can learn. Learn other people's jobs. I'm not saying someone is going to teach you. We already know that's another whole podcast by itself. But nobody can stop you from looking. Nobody can stop you from learning. Only you can stop you from learning. So continue to work on it. Continue to get yourself better by practicing. Continue to do what you need to do to put yourself in a better position. You can do it. As a verb, practices definition says perform. And in parentheses, it has an activity or exercise, a skill repeatedly or regularly in order to improve or maintain one's proficiency. Perform an activity or exercise, a skill repeatedly or regularly in order to improve or maintain one proficiency. I talk to my children, the ones that are in these activities, whether it's school, even when it's school. Well, I say it like this. I tell them in academics, practice reading. It'll help you to be a better reader and it'll also help you to be a better speaker. I say this all the time to all of them. The ones that are in these sports, like my son, you know, he just came back from an AAU tournament. And, you know, the coaches, the ones who are experienced, who play college ball, NBA ball, they said he need to work on, you know, certain parts of his game. So what I told him is to work on these certain parts of your game. By you working on these certain parts, you're going to be proficient at it. You're going to be better at it. You're going to be more comfortable with it. But what happened was someone, I'm sorry, not but, what happened is it was addressed, it was, it was pointed out, and it was addressed to be better. You have to be willing to receive to work on it and get better. Meaning if I'm helping you to get better by telling you something that you can do to use to get better in your life, take advantage of it and utilize it. So work on it. If it's a certain skill you need. If it's like my daughter with the discus and the uh, shot put, then you work on it in the off season. If you're working on speed, work on it on the off season. Your jump shot, your dribbling, your tennis swing, your being able to hit in golf, riding, throwing a bow and arrows, shooting, archery, whatever it may be, singing, rapping. You have to practice it to be proficient. Perform an activity or exercise a skill repeatedly or regularly in order to improve or maintain your proficiency. That means it has to be a part of your DNA. You have to continue to do it. And believe me, those results, when you see the outcome, will not only make you smile, but it'll make those around you smile. 
I hope and I pray that this message helps you because this message helps me. Like I said in that gym, I thought about it. I look at everybody in there and I'm and I'm confident to say that a lot of those people that were in there tonight, they'll start coming during the day. Once they practice and they get proficient at using those machines and get proficient at running long distances and lifting and know the equipment, I may see them in the day. Now, everybody's reason may be different. Their reasoning may be different for coming in. However, I've seen a lot of people that you can tell just starting off. And they don't want to be embarrassed. But I just want to encourage you. And I thank you all for tuning in. And just remember that whatever you do, don't give up. Whatever you put your mind to, continue to work on it. Don't allow anyone to discourage you. Because you control your destiny. Wherever you are. You can be in a correctional institute. You can be uh, somewhere where you don't have, you, 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 you're, you're poverty stricken, meaning you don't have all the tools or you don't have the equipment. Listen, be creative. Utilize what you have to make things better for you. You can do this. In my closing, I want to thank you all again. For every new individual who has tuned in, for every new country that has tuned in, I thank you all for taking the time and the moment to listen. Share this message with your loved ones. Share this message with your friends. Share this message with your classmates. It may be something in, in this message that I've said that can that can inspire you, that can light a fire in you to let you know to continue to keep practicing, continue to work on your craft. Don't stop. Because when you stop, when you stop, you just cheated the world out of that special gift that you have. Until the next time, take care.